Hey everybody, welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and this one's kind of a bittersweet one because it is the last podcast of the season. Now we do two seasons a year. One of them goes from June through October, and the other one goes from December through April. Each season winds up being about 20 podcasts, give or take, more like 21 I think, So we're putting out about 42 new podcasts every year, and I think that's pretty respectable. And believe me, uh, that month off really, really helps me to come back refreshed and ready for a new season. It gives me a chance to kind of get some bookkeeping in order, and it gives me a chance to make sure all my narrators are ready to go with an audio or two or maybe even three that they can get to. And they can use this time to kind of get ahead a little bit. So it's not like, hey, I need a podcast for uh, next Sunday and Monday. Uh, I know it's Friday. Can you get one finished for me? Because I respect their work and it does take a lot of time to do a good job at it. So this is the fifth part of um, Welcome to College Reunion. There are six parts to the series. So only one more to go. And um, I think Shayla's just doing a great job on it. It's wonderful to have her um, recording it, and um, it will probably, part six is probably going to be one of the very first podcasts when we come back in June. So without further ado, here's part five of Welcome to College Reunion, written by me and Claudia Costa, and narrated by Shayla Aspasia. Welcome to College Reunion, part five. Secret Origins Written by Kylie Gable Narrated by Shayla Aspasia The drive from Edwardsville, Illinois to Scottsdale, Arizona where Amanda had relocated was a long one. If we made good time and I-44 wasn't too backed up we'd be there in about 22 hours even with three drivers. I didn't look forward to all that time spent in a cramped automobile. Don't worry about it, said Beth. We'll crash in Amarillo. Amarillo, I asked. It's about halfway, she said. Halfway between life and death, I asked. Ha ha, replied Beth. It's a small city, but we can find a clean hotel there. And they have a barbecue place that's supposed to be great. I don't think so. Well, I don't see how we're going to stop at New York on the way from Illinois to Arizona. I'm willing to yield to your superior male navigation skills, if you know a better way, teased Claire. No, I protested. I mean, there's no way I'm going to go in a restaurant with you two. Remember what happened that last two times I did with me dressed like this? They might not find my body for 50 years. Oh, you look great, said Beth. I think we need to set some ground rules, said Claire. What kind of ground rules? I asked. You lost the bet we had at Deanna's, reminded Claire. Yeah, you lost badly, agreed Beth. And I'm wearing what you insisted I wear. Yeah, you are, and that's great. But that's only part of the agreement, said Claire. Only part, I asked. It's a pretty humiliating part. 
Yeah, but you also promised we would be in charge on this trip, and that's not something I've really seen, even since your humiliating total defeat by Deanna, complained Claire. I don't think this is something you want us to bring to Amanda's attention, suggested Beth. Does it show? I asked. You mean how much she intimidates you? asked Beth. Oh, this is more than intimidation. This is abject fear, said Claire. I think you'll understand when you meet her. She's not superhuman or anything, but she has a very imposing personality. Aside from the blackmail and the butt-whooping, her attitude probably is what kept me in line more than anything, I said. So I don't think allowing us to call some of the shots like picking where we eat is too much to ask, said Claire. It's not like we're making you ride in the trunk or anything. Hey, now that you mention it, joked Beth. You couldn't, I snapped. You really don't think the two of us could? I have to tell you, I think I could do it without any help. Care to find out? asked Claire. No, it's too long a ride already. We don't have time to pull over for this, I complained. Well, don't say I didn't give you a chance, said Claire. Since it's a long drive, why don't you tell us a bit more about Amanda? I've heard a lot, but I'm dying with curiosity, suggested Beth. Well, I can't ever forget meeting her for the very first time at camp, I began. Hold on. I thought you met at college, said Claire. The first time was at camp. They met up again in college, said Beth. So, were you like eight or something? asked Claire. No, I was fifteen. My friend Barry and I were the oldest two male campers. Our last year when a new girl showed up at camp. Oh, was Amanda your summertime crush? asked Claire. He wishes, replied Beth. Yeah, things went kind of like they went in college, I said. Camp was a lot of fun, but we also had a lot of free time. And we made our own fun. For both of us, that included doing panty raids on the girls. We even had a spot the boys had been hanging the girls' panties in the trees for like 20 years or something. Perverts, snapped Claire. It was harmless enough, I said. Spoken like somebody who never had their underwear stolen, said Beth. Well, when Amanda started going to camp, it changed things, I said. Changed them how? asked Claire. If you went to a panty raid, the girls, you had better have a bunch of guys, or they'd mess you up. How? asked Claire. They'd all jump you and tie you up or duct tape you. Out would come either the makeup or the permanent markers, or sometimes both. I like this girl, said Claire. Me too, agreed Beth. Spoken like somebody who never had a penis drawn on her face, I said. The problem was that in order to get enough guys, we had to plan and the more people who knew, the more likely it was to get back to the girls. How was Beth? They had spies. Guys would have crushes and the girls would use it to their advantage. I also found out that some guys they captured had humiliating pictures taken of them. And if they didn't want them posted around the camp, they'd squill. Okay, I really like this girl, gushed Beth. So one night my last year of camp, Myself and five of my friends went over to raid the girls. It didn't go well, and my friend Barry and I got captured. How did you get captured, exactly? asked Claire. 
My friend Barry and I were kind of the gang leaders, so they went after us. I made it by the door of the cabin where the girls were and thought I made it. But then Amanda tackled me. Touchdown, said Beth. That's offense, said Claire. A tackle is defense. Go on. Well, she pinned me down and proceeded to tie my hands behind my back with jump rope. Barry was already in the cabin. He never made it out. Oh my, what do they do, asked Claire. A lot like what she did in college, really, I replied. She just had a thing for dressing up boys, and she was preparing us for this for almost a year. She made sure she had the perfect dress for us. What was your dress like, Kylie? asked Beth in a sing-songy voice. I don't remember too much. Yes, you do, said Claire. A boy never forgets his first dress. It was a light blue dress, I said. I was pretty sure it had lace sleeves. Very pretty, teased Beth. They put my friend Barry into a little black dress. They photographed us both after they finished our makeovers. Then, that's when she got mean. I really, really like her, said Claire. Go on, urged Beth. They made us kiss, I said. Love it, cheered Claire. With those pictures, they could have ruined us in camp. Then they got out the super glue. Oh, God, exclaimed Beth, laughing almost to the point of tears. Okay, no beating around the bush. Where did she put the glue? asked Claire. Everywhere, I grimaced. They glued the zipper of my dress shut, glued a pair of shoes to my feet, and glued our palms together so we were holding hands. Were they heels? asked Beth. Of course, I replied. I had no idea how to walk in them. Did you have to walk far? asked Beth. Yeah, after gluing our hands together, they made us walk back to our cabin so everybody could see our shame. Some counselors got us loose, but we never went back to camp again. Oh, why not? asked Claire sarcastically. You know why, I said. It was fun when we thought we ran the place, but... But after you became the camp bitches, nobody was scared of you anymore, interrupted Claire. More or less, I admitted. I am so looking forward to meeting her, said Beth. Oh, me too, agreed Claire. I can see why your little sissy is intimidated by her. Yeah, hell, I think I'm intimidated by her, joked Beth. The girls drove all day and left me in the back seat. We stopped for drive through in Oklahoma or Kansas or something, and we made a few stops for gas and to stretch our legs. But for the most part, we drove straight through. Thanks to Claire's lead foot, we were in Amarillo by eight. I kind of owe the city an apology. It's a small city, but it's not like tumbleweeds or blowing down Main Street or anything. See, I told you it wasn't so bad, said Beth. Okay, I guess not, and truthfully, I just want to get out of the car, I replied. That makes it okay in my book. Yeah, I have to agree, said Claire. Let's get cleaned up, and then let's get some barbecue. I'm still not going to go out with you, especially not dressed like this, I said, motioning to my outfit. Beth unlocked the trunk and began passing suitcases out. As we walked into the hotel, Claire turned and looked at me. She asked, So, you'd rather spend the evening hogtied on the hotel room floor while Beth and I eat barbecue? Huh? I replied. 
You wouldn't dare. Try me, said Claire. You couldn't if you wanted to, I added. Maybe not, said Claire, but I think I can. Beth, this is getting ridiculous. Will you please do something about your friend, I asked. Geez, sometimes I feel like I'm the only adult here, said Beth. When my brother and I were fighting, my parents eventually told us to go sort it out ourselves. So I'm going to tell you two the same thing. This is so stupid, I groused. As we were unpacking our bags, I saw Claire pull a long rope from her suitcase. Where did you get that, I asked. It was a little present from Deanna, said Claire. She knows how obstinate you can be. Beth raised her eyebrow at our conversation. I could hear her giggling, but she said nothing. You're seriously going to tie me up if I refuse to go to this barbecue place with you? I asked, but I feared. I already knew the answer. You betcha, said Claire, advancing on me with the rope. Turn around and put your hands behind your back. Okay, I said, I'll go with you to the restaurant, but no funny stuff. Us? asked Claire teasingly. Honestly, your boy clothes are being shipped home and you've already dressed more femininely than any of us. It's not like we can make you dress in the men's room again. Well, I'm not flirting with any of the waiters either, I protested. Fine, said Beth. I think we'd have more fun on this trip without him. We can still just hog tie him, suggested Claire. No, I don't want his dress getting wrinkled, replied Beth. The trip to the barbecue joint was uneventful, but I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. This trip had shown me the new sides of Claire and Beth. I thought Beth was different, but my girlfriend probably could have run with the girls who feminized me in college, and Claire could have fought it out with Amanda for leadership. Knowing that, and the fact I wasn't used to being pulled out in a public in a dress, well, it got me nervous. The restaurant wasn't fancy. Long tables and paper plates, but the barbecue was outstanding. Even better, they didn't just order me a salad or something. And then, big plates of pulled pork were right in front of me. I know this isn't like eating like a girl, I said as I nibbled the meat off the barbecue rib bone. We're girls and you're eating what we're eating, said Claire. Yeah, it's not all salads and grilled chicken. This is too good to make you miss out on, said Beth. But I'm not letting you lose your figure when we're married, so don't get too used to it. We actually had a really good time at the restaurant. They had a really bad country band. But the more beer that we drank, the better they sounded. By the time we got back to the room, it was nearly 10, and we were all at least a bit buzzed. I'm so tired of these shoes, I complained. Well, you do have a nighty to change into, right? Asked Beth. Yeah, another gift from Deanna, I said. She's so thoughtful, replied Claire. Go ahead and change, offered Claire. I don't mind waiting, and you look like you can use it more than any of us. Are you sure, I asked. Yeah, the last thing I want is to get comfortable in bed and then have you waking me coming out of the shower. It's fine, said Beth. 
I took my nightie and went into the bathroom. I usually shower in the morning, but I had all that makeup to scrub off anyway, so I didn't see any harm to it. After all, Beth pretty much assumed I'd be showering anyway. It felt good to have warm water douse my bare skin. I wondered how I could possibly face Amanda. From the moment she had pinned me down at camp, and certainly after she did it again in college, I had built her into something huge. The years since I had last seen her made her loom like a goddess in my mind. My thoughts turned back to those first days of college. It was all so fresh, invigorating, and terrifying. I had just finished that first modeling session in Amanda's dorm room. Perhaps 50 pictures had been taken of me in about a dozen different sexy outfits, doing classic pinup girl poses. I knew they had more blackmail material against me than they would ever need. For good measure, one of the girls swiped my clothes while they were doing my makeup, and I had never noticed. Amanda sent me to walk back to my own dorm room in a sexy figure-hugging purple dress of hers. That actually made me look like I had some curves. My legs were covered in dark hose and a pair of sexy black heels were on my feet as I left her dorm room. To say that I walked back in my room would be a classic overstatement. Unsteadying in the heels, I clung to the wall for balance. With every step, hoped it wouldn't twist an ankle and no guys would hear the clip-clop of my sexy shoes and come out in the hall to investigate. Somehow, I got back to my dorm room only to confront my next problem. The keys to my dorm room were in my pants pocket, and I had no idea where those were. I had no choice but to knock until my roommate Brett opened the door and let me in. It was awkward sitting in front of my roommate, who I had barely met while dressed from head to foot in women's clothing. He wanted to know why I was dressed that way, and I knew he really wanted to know why I wasn't changing. I didn't know whether it was more humiliating for him to think that I liked to be pretty sometimes or to tell him that I got my ass kicked by a co-ed and her friends, and they were making me dress this way. I told him I'd tell him later, but couldn't talk about it yet. For several hours, I waited in my room trying to get some sleep, sitting up in my bed so I wouldn't smear my makeup while I waited for Amanda. She finally arrived and asked Brett for some privacy. As soon as he left, she walked in the dorm room carrying a plastic shopping bag. She pulled my desk chair over in front of my bed and we talked. You really are going to have to learn to sit modestly, she said. Either cross your ankles or pull your legs up under you. I opted for the second one. Well, I said in my defense, I don't spend a lot of time in dresses. I bet you're dying to get out of that one, she said, handing me my wallet and keys. Thanks, I said, I am. Well, I won't take up too much of your time then, but there are some things you need to know. Like what? Well, we've decided you're going to dress like a girl. Yeah, you kind of already did that. I smirked, motioning to my dress. Kind of late for a warning. You don't understand. We had so much fun dressing you today that we decided we're going to keep dressing you. 
you decided I snapped? What about me? I don't get any say in this. I don't want to wear a dress. We know that, she said. Honestly, it's one of the things that makes this so much fun for us. I was beginning to panic. Would they really do this to me? So I absolutely have no say in this. I'm afraid not. We'll take it slow and try not to make it too traumatic. But we've made up our mind, she said, rather matter-of-factly, for my taste. Kylie, I'd hate to have to use the pictures we have of you to help persuade you. She didn't leave until she had given me a huge supply of panties and took all of my male underwear. She informed me I'd be wearing panties every day and that she and her friends would be checking. That was the day my life diverged from its original path. It was strange to think that what I said and what I wanted really didn't matter to her. The very fact I didn't like what was happening was a powerful turn-on for the girls. I had been brought up to believe that as a male my wishes were most important. But here they mattered less than nothing. Of course, the feminization that followed was pretty epic, and whatever masculinity I had, it was shredded, crushed, and set on fire. However, it was that first night and morning that started everything. I exited the bathroom in the damn nighty that Deanna had given me. It wasn't even worth a fight. As I entered the room, I could hear Beth and Claire giggling even before they saw me in the nighty. The two of them were sitting under the covers of the same bed. Okay, either Claire needs to scoot or you need to join me in the other bed, Beth. Well, actually, began Beth. What? You get the other bed, said Claire. Why can't I sleep with my fiancé, I ask. We just thought we'd switch things up a little tonight, said Claire. Oh, come on, I complained. You're outvoted, Kylie, said Claire. Now go get in your bed. Disappointed, I decided not to push my luck. I climbed into bed and lay down on my stomach and tried to ignore the giggling from the other bed. Aw, what's the matter, honey? asked Beth as she crawled out of her bed and sat down next to me. I just wanted to sleep with my fiancé, I said. I didn't think it was too much to ask. Well, it's only for tonight, she cooed. I suppose I can live with that. Good. Let me give you a back rub. It'll help relax. Now you're talking, I said, already beginning to relax. Beth gave amazing back rubs, and I was looking forward to it. She began to work all of the tension out of my shoulders, and I began to relax deeper and deeper. Soon I had drifted off to sleep, and I didn't wake up till I felt the additional weight of Claire on my back. My arms were being twisted behind my back, and they were obviously determined to bind me. No, I cried out. Yes, replied Claire, causing Beth to giggle. I don't want to be tied up, I said, as I felt Claire pull tightly on the rope, restraining my wrist, and began to tie a knot. And yet, it looks like that's exactly what's happening, teased Beth. As Claire tied off my wrist, I could feel her cinching the ropes and knew that I was now going to be very effectively restrained even before any more rope was used on me. 
Come on, I pleaded, even as Claire was gathering my ankles and binding them together. Do you want to do the honors and gag him? asked Claire. I don't think so, said Beth. I think it'll be hard for him to sleep with it in. It would be, I quickly agreed. Well, it's not like he can't catch up on his sleeping during the drive to Arizona tomorrow. True, Beth pondered, but I don't think it'll be necessary. You won't make a peep, will you, honey? If you, well, if you do, I'll have to let Claire gag you. No, I won't say anything. That's good enough for me, said Beth. Claire finished tying me securely. I was relieved that she skipped the hog tie, as it would make it easier for me to sleep through the night. Have a good night, said Beth, kissing me on the cheek. Yeah, have wonderful sissy dreams of new shoes and gorgeous silk lingerie, said Claire, smacking me on my panty-covered ass. Beth tucked me in, and the two women climbed into their bed. They continued to talk in hushed tones, and I could hear a lot of giggling. I knew it was useless, but I still had to try to free myself. It was impossible. And all I succeeded in doing was tuckering myself out. Soon, I was fast asleep. Well, that's all for our podcast now. And sadly, that's it for the season. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I think we've had some really good episodes this particular season. Some great readers, both old and new. And uh, you certainly got to see me roasted uh, by Raina and some of the other doms. So I hope you enjoyed. Please, if, if you are enjoying this, or if maybe you think it's kind of taking a wrong turn, let me know. KylieGable at Yahoo.com um, I really appreciate your support. Listening means a lot. And one of the things that's, you know, makes it means a lot to me is in the middle of the episode when that annoying little commercial comes on that you actually listen to it, um, that, that means a lot. And it's, it's one of the ways that I, I get reimbursed for this podcast. And, uh, I appreciate your support. I appreciate those of you who are buying clips. Um, we will be back the first week in June. And I can't wait. I already know some of the stuff I have planned, and I think we're going to have some really good episodes. So thanks a lot. And it's only a month off. And the first week of June, the first uh, Tuesday, or I'm sorry, the first Monday of June, I will be back. And I hope you will be too. Take care.